Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 170, I believe. I meant to double check that number, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Oh, I didn't get a chance to. So I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. If you are looking for strategies to live a naturally healthy life, you are in the right place. That is what this podcast is dedicated to. Today, we are going to talk about the blocks that we have to reversing our type 2 diabetes. Um, before we get started on that, I do want to talk about briefly mention probably something I need to be mentioning in each podcast about um, safety. So recognize if you are a type two diabetic and you are on a bunch of meds for your diabetes, you need to recognize that you have been medicated due to the way that you have eaten in the past. The foods that we eat cause our type two diabetes, and we're going to dive into this quite a bit today. Um, the foods that we eat are what's causing our type 2 diabetes. And when you are medicated for that, based on the food you were eating, and then you change the way you eat, suddenly those meds might be too much. And it can really get dangerous is really what it comes down to. The meds that we give you override your body's naturally ability to regulate your blood sugar level. And of course, it's trying to drive it down because it's been too high. So recognize if you are on meds for your type 2 diabetes and you implement the dietary changes that I recommend in this podcast, you likely will need your medications adjusted. So you need to have a very good relationship with your doctor, the ability to call and go over blood sugars to get suggestions about how to adjust your meds, or the ability to email them in, or the ability to talk to their nurse, the ability to get some guidance about how to adjust your meds for these changes that you're making. So please recognize before you make any of these dietary changes, you need to make sure that your doctor is on board for this, at least understands that you're going to do this. They don't have to agree with it. Recognize again, you know, I talk about this all the time. Your doctor, you don't work for them. They work for you. You make the goals for your healthcare. And then you get somebody who is your advocate and your partner in this, not somebody who dictates the way they think you should be living your life. So if your doctor does not have the same goals for your diabetes as you do, you probably need to shop around for somebody who does, right? You need to find a doctor that does agree with you, but recognize if your goal is to continue to eat ho-hos all day long and think your blood sugars are going to be okay, and you're not going to have the long-term consequences of uncontrolled diabetes, that combination probably does not go together. That's just science. That's just like jumping off my roof does not go together with gravity, right? Like that's not going to work out well for me, but I can do it. It's just, it's not going to work out well. I have to be willing to accept the consequences of broken bones when I land on the ground, right? So if you have the desire to eat ho-hos and ding-dongs all day long and not take your medications, you must be aware. And that's what your doctor will try to do is make you aware of the risks that you are accepting and not taking your meds. But do understand that if you are serious about changing your health, about changing the, your lifestyle, about changing the food that you're feeding your body, recognize like you can get your doctor on board for that. Many doctors are going to be all about that. They are out there and they're willing to help you, but recognize you need to have good partnership with them if you're making these dietary changes because you can get very sick if you're taking meds for your blood sugars and making these changes. So, all right. I just wanted to be careful moment. Everybody be careful. And I probably need to mention that more frequently in the podcast and I intend to do that. So today... We're going to talk about the blocks that people have to the what they need to do to reverse their type 2 diabetes. So recognize when I'm talking about a block, what am I talking about? 
everybody can hear my dog whining because my dog really wants upstairs here with me, but I'm not, that's not going to happen because I'm not going to get up and go and open the gate, but she may give up or she may bark. So prepare yourself. If you hear a dog barks, that's what's going on. When I'm talking about a block, a block to reversing your type two diabetes, the blocks that I'm talking about are like the things that keep us from moving forward, right? So if you think about a cinder block or a wooden block in front of a wheel that keeps that block, that wheel from moving forward, right? The cinder block placed in front of a wheel is going to keep that wheel from moving forward. Um, a roadblock keeps the you know flow of traffic from moving forward. Writer's block keeps a writer from completing um, a task or completing a chapter or writing their book. A block is something that keeps you from moving forward or moving towards your goal. So some of these blocks seem very hard and concrete, like the wheel and the cinder block, right? Like that seems like that's like physics, right? Like the block keeps the wheel from rolling, keeps you from moving forward. But some of these blocks are really um, thought processes, right? Like a writer's block is a thought process, really a thought that typically sounds something along the lines of, this work that I'm doing isn't good enough. This paragraph that I wrote isn't good enough. I don't know what to write. I'm not sure this is where I want this story to go. There are all sorts of things that writers are thinking and believing that keeps them blocked. And it's very similar with our health, right? So health blocks that I hear, and this is straight from either women I've worked with, women I've consulted with, or women who reach out to me and want my help and want to try to get help from me and they can't figure out why they're not able to fix their diabetes. So the health blocks that I hear, the blocks to people getting naturally healthier or, or taking control of their health sound like, I need to be able to go grocery shopping. I need more time. I need my family to eat what I eat. I need my more diversity in my food choices. I don't know what to do. I need to prepare food better or better foods. I need time to exercise. I need to be consistent. I need to be disciplined. I need motivation. I need more information. I need a sabbatical from my work. My schedule is too hectic. I have too much on it. I can't add another thing. Or probably the, the most debilitating of them is I don't know why I'm not doing it. I just don't know why. It seems so innocent. So these are the blocks that I hear from people when they're talking about the reasons that they're struggling to make these healthy choices. And so if you have listened to my podcast, you understand that diabetes is not caused by any of these things. Diabetes is not an issue of a perfect grocery list. It's not an issue of time to go to the store. It's not an issue of your family eating what you need to be eating. It's not an issue of diversity or different kinds of foods. It's not an issue of knowing how to do it. It's not an issue of food prep. It's not an issue of time for exercise. It's not an issue of consistency. It's not an issue of motivation. It's not an issue of lack of uh, information. It's not your work. It's not your schedule. It's not the other things to do. And for the love of all the toy, it's not that you don't know what to do. I'm going to review right now what causes diabetes. Okay. And all of the 169 previous episodes of this podcast I've ever done, I have never told any of you that it's the grocery list, your family, your availability, your time, your schedule, your exercise routine, your food prepping, your motivation, your lack of information or your profession that's caused your diabetes. I've never told any of you that. 
the thing that causes type 2 diabetes is when we eat foods that have high glucose levels that cause our insulin to go up, and we do that for a long amount of time, we develop diabetes, which is insulin resistant. It's that's it. That's all it is. We eat food that causes high insulin levels, and over a period of time, high insulin levels over a prolonged period of time causes type 2 diabetes. It's that it. Seriously, it's no more simple than that. Now, maybe I've said that exercise can help, but I never said that the lack of exercise is what's causing your type 2 diabetes because it's not. That is not it. That is not the biology of type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is feeding your body foods that aren't aligned with your biology. And I hate to use this word right or wrong. Type 2 diabetes is, comes from feeding your body the wrong foods. It's that simple. It is an issue of foods that cause high glucose levels, in turn cause a high insulin level, and over a prolonged period of time leads to insulin resistance. All of these other issues are just places that you put your attention and your focus that make us feel like we're doing something, we're tinkering, that's what I call it, we feel like we're doing something, but the fact is, it's not something more we need to do that's going to fix our diabetes. We simply need to stop doing the thing that's causing it. And usually these blocks are all of these things that we're focusing our attention on, that we're pouring our, our uh, resources into, thinking that we're doing something. You do not need to do one other thing. It's the thing you need to stop doing. It's truly that simple. You need to stop putting foods into your mouth that make you sick. Instead, we pour our attention and our focus, our brain bandwidth, our time, our money, our energy into solving all of these other issues that are not the cause of the diabetes. Okay. And then we get frustrated. And this is the worst part. This is probably the hardest part to watch somebody go through is the frustration and the defeat and the hopelessness that comes when pouring our energy into something that's never going to fix our diabetes actually does not fix our diabetes. And then we feel hopeless and helpless over it. That is the hardest thing for me to watch. Okay. We get very frustrated when we don't fix our diabetes by pouring our energy and our time into something. Even, I mean, like you can have the most amazing food prep of the week. It doesn't matter if you continue to put food into your mouth that causes type two diabetes. So this is the kick in the dick folks. Okay. If you have a 10 course, low carb, meal with the most amazing ingredients, the most colorful veggies, the most savory of meats and the most amazing spices all to perfection. You bring it to work, you eat it. Like it's amazing. You eat it for lunch. You might even clean your dish. You're like feeling like a rock star. You're feeling all great about it. But then in the afternoon you raid the candy jar and you empty it. It does not matter how perfect your meal prep was. That was not the problem. The problem is the candy jar. If you clear your schedule for four weeks so you can fix your diabetes, right? You're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take time off. You go to your boss. You get a leave of absence. You maybe even cash out some money out of your 401k so you're funded for this. But you continue to eat a pint of ice cream every night. You won't fix your diabetes. You can have your family for the love of God. You can have your family. You can have them eat all of the roasted chicken and baked salmon salads under the sun, right? Your kids will eat it. They can have vinegar and olive oil dressing. 
but this too won't fix your type two diabetes. If you're continuing to eat chips of Hoy cookies, chips of Hoy cookies, every time you're at the gas station. Okay. Like it does not matter what your family does. It does not matter your work schedule. It does not matter your meal prep. None of those matter. You must stop putting food into your mouth. That's causing you to be sick. Trying to solve for all of these other puzzles will not fix your diabetes. It will only frustrate you. The thing that fixes your diabetes is when you stop eating the foods that cause your diabetes. Okay. Even, and I would love it. Like my business model is that people hire me to help them. I would love for you to cash out your 401k and hire me. And I could help you. There are things that like coaching through our belief set, that's the answer, right? But again, it doesn't matter how much money you throw at the problem. Unless you stop eating the food that's making you sick, you will continue to be sick. It's that simple. So stop telling yourself the BS stories that aren't true, that keep you from moving forward, right? All of the stories about not having the grocery list, not being able to, you know, do the grocery shopping, not having the time, not having the food prep, not my family eating this or that. All of the stories about having more variety, about knowing what to do, about not knowing what to do, about having the time to exercise, about being consistent, about being motivated. All of the stories about, you know, I need a vacation for my job. All of these things. When you tell yourself, I need to take a sabbatical from my job in order to fix my diabetes, and you know damn good and well, you're never going to do that. You keep yourself stuck. That's all you do. You will never move forward. That's all it is, is keeping you stuck. That's why it's an obstacle. That's why it's a block. Okay? So stop telling yourself those stories. It's none of those things that are keeping you sick. Recognize, yes, getting the grocery store, grabbing food that serves your goal, your health goals, yeah, that's helpful, but it's not the fix. You can have all the food under your under the sun in your house that's healthy. If you put food into your mouth that makes you sick with type 2 diabetes, even if you already put food in your mouth that was healthy, you're still going to be sick. Having more time, hearing your schedule, yep, that's helpful. That's nice. It is not the answer. You can have all the time under the sun. If you still choose to put food into your mouth that's making you sick with type 2 diabetes, you are going to continue to be sick with type 2 diabetes. Having your family eat all the salads, that's great. And if they do it with a smile on their face, man, that's even better. But unless you eat the salad and don't eat the foods that are making you sick, you're not fixing your type 2 diabetes. I don't care how robust that recipe book is, the cookbook is, I don't care how much time you exercise. I was a runner. I ran all the time that I was pre-diabetic. The entire time I was pre-diabetic, I was running, except for my pregnancy. I ran that whole time. It's not consistent exercise that keeps you from being diabetic. It is not putting M&Ms and Diet Coke into your mouth all day long that keeps you from being diabetic. Okay. Being motivated is nice. Like figuring out how to tap into motivation is great, but it's completely unnecessary. It is not required for you to avoid putting the foods into your mouth that make you sick. Okay. Information is helpful, but it's not going to fix your diabetes. You have to actually avoid those foods. Okay. You can quit your job for your schedule. Yep. You'll have more time, but recognize unless you stop putting that food into your mouth, you are not going to fix your type two diabetes. So yeah, people come to me with these kind of like, this is a list of things I've heard from people. Okay. 
people come to me with this all the time. Uh, most recently, I reached out and I asked a number of women. I was like, where's, where's your big obstacle? And one of them was, um, well, I'm hearing mixed things. I'm hearing mixed information. I hear information from one person like about this, and then I hear from somebody else this. And so, of course, my question, this person particularly, I know has had episodes of time where they have gains, where they like are able to lose weight and their A1C normalizes and they get healthy and then they stop doing it. And my question to them was simply, well, what were you doing when you fixed those things? What were you doing? You already have the answer. You don't need information from somebody else. So part of what has led me in this is my own personal issues with this. I do this with my scheduling. And I realized as I was prepping this podcast, how much I do this with my medical practice. So many of you are aware, I still practice medicine in the clinical um, situation, most of the time through ERs, but through some clinics and through some other settings. But my ER experience really drives a lot of stress on me. I love my time in the ER. I I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the camaraderie with staff. It's something I've done forever. I mean, I worked as a nurse for years in the ER. It's just something I'm very familiar with and it feels a little homish for me, even though sometimes it's a little dysfunctional, but that's okay. Um, but I'm always very, I, I understand the heaviness that anything can walk through the ER, the doors, the ER, and I've got to be able to take care of them or get them stabilized so that I can get them to somebody who can fix them. And so I take that very, very seriously. And it weighs on my brain heavily before I go in for an ER shift. So I'm always like listening to podcasts about how to manage emergent situations. I'm reading, I'm educating myself. So I listen to podcasts a lot because I'm in the car a lot. And my big one has always been like pediatric emergencies because I take that really, I take all the emergencies very seriously. But for me, when I've had pediatric emergencies go south and I have in my nursing career and my medical career, it's hard. Like those are nights where I go home and I cry. Like they're hard nights. And so I always take that, like there's a, an edge, extra edge to those. So I'm always like making sure that I have the information. And so most recently I've been going through this, you know, cold cycles coming, you know, first it was summer and accidents and injuries. And I was like, oh, I better make sure I know how to manage those. And so I've been listening over and over to it's not the same podcasts, but it's different podcasts from different organizations. And then I'll read different journal articles. And then I just, um, I have to recertify for, um, or do my, I have to sit for my certification board testing, uh, here in the next year or two. And so I, I don't, I like bought a study thing and I went straight to the emergency and I was like, Ooh, pediatric, I better pay attention. And I realized as I'm listening to it again, as I'm listening to the lecture, it's like the same stuff that's been presented to me over and over again, because I too am waiting for this more, this better piece of information that's going to descend onto my brain. That's going to make me feel like suddenly I'm ready to take on every pediatric emergency. And that's probably not a reality. Like how I'm going to know I'm able to take on any pediatric emergency is when it rolls through my door, I jump in and I take it on. There's no piece of information that's going to make me feel like I can do that. It's going to be the act of doing it. There's no piece of information that you need to have about your disease state that's going to suddenly make it very clear. You know eating cookies is a problem. You just have to stop doing that part. That's all. It's really that simple. When we continue to tell ourselves that we need more, need more, need more, need more, we never take action because we're waiting for what more we need. And what I want to offer to you today is there is nothing more that you need. There is one thing you need to stop doing. 
and you need to stop eating the foods that make you sick. It's that simple. Okay. So this is partly what we do with coaching. This is a huge part of what we do with coaching. Most of the time, the women that come to me and they're like, whoop, let's go. And they, they go and they run with this. They understand that they have beliefs about this food. They understand that that's what has to get gone. That's what has to get checked out. But the beliefs that they have about the food is what keeps them going back to it. And it's like a thought error that keeps me making a choice that gets me the same results, which keep the thought error intact, right? It's like, oh, I love the food. It's my very favorite food. Oh, I desire the food. And if I don't eat it, like these are the other thoughts. Like if I don't eat it, the desire is just going to be there all the time. I'm never going to get rid of it. I better eat it. And it, it creates all this urgency. You eat the food. And then because of how the food interacts in our brain with dopamine, your results is you're going to want to eat it more, right? Like I've got to eat this food so that the urge will go away. It's the same thing with cigarettes, right? It's the same thing with alcohol. It's the same thing with a list of drugs. This is just how the brain works. You are not broken, friends. It's just how the brain works. So learning how to tell ourselves the entire story about that food. Well, I mean, and this is what it sounds like, and this is what I offer people, but people figure out what works for them, right? But for me, it's like, well, of course my brain's offering me more food. Why wouldn't it? This is how the neurochemistry in my brain works. Of course it wants more food, but we're not doing that today. We're going to let that ride and eventually it'll go away and nobody's going to die without food. Nobody in my house is going to die without food right? Like eventually we'll be able, like there will be healthy food that serves my goals. I will come into contact with it again and I'll eat that and everything will be fine. I'm not going to die without chocolate cake. Okay. So under, uh, uncovering those underlying beliefs is what we do in coaching. That's what we really uncover that so that we stop just telling ourselves that I need to have all these different things. I need to have all these other circumstances in a different place. We don't need any of those. And in fact, I would offer that you understand that because your husband can eat the most amazing salad. And maybe you guys do this for like two weeks together. Like everybody's eating salad, salads for everybody. We're all loving it. And then one night you're like, dude, I want ice cream. And he's like, oh no, I'm not doing it. But you go on out and you do it. You're hitting the dairy queen up and getting your blizzard, right? Everybody's done this because it doesn't matter what he eats. It matters what you eat. And figuring out why you want that dairy queen, like what you believe about that food, what you believe it is, what you believe it's going to do for you, telling yourself the entire story. Yeah. Like maybe I'll feel really good, but also I'm going to get really, I'm going to get physically ill with worsening type two diabetes from it. That's also true, right? That's the coaching component. That's what we do in my group. If you need that help, help by all means, reach out to me, Delane at DelaneMD.com. I'm happy to help you with that. I'm happy to get you, we can consult, figure out how my group will work for you, get you started. We'll go from there. But please, even if you can't hire me, please, all friends, anybody who's consulted with me, if I ever did you a disservice by meaning, by making you believe that you couldn't get this result, you couldn't fix your type 2 diabetes, you couldn't learn to live a naturally healthy life without hiring me, please forgive me. I apologize for ever letting you think that. It is as simple as not putting that food in your mouth. That's all you need to do. I hope this is helpful. Next week, we are going to dive into um, the conversation with your doctors. How do you have that conversation when you're ready to come off the meds or when you want to know what you need to do to come off the meds, um, how you have that conversation with your doctor? That is a request direct from the email. 
um, from my email box. So um, look for that next week. I will be back then. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact me, Delane at DelaneMD.com. I'm happy to answer anything. If you're having success with this part of your life, if you're seeing results, please send me a message. Tell me your story. It makes my boat float. It makes me happy to hear that people are getting help from this. So I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.